Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Welcome to the next episode of the County Business Talks podcast. Um, today, I'm joined by a young Brighton-based entrepreneur who in April 2020 launched a tech startup company, Nought. Nought is the pioneering creator of the next GPS, creating a plug and play toolkit for high precision beacon free tracking, which is 150 times greater than GPS. In just over a year, the company has grown to seven staff and secured its first round of funding. And today, we're going to discuss the journey so far and delve a little more into the mindset of what drives our next guest, Jack Maddalena. Jack, welcome, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Mate. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, mate, listen, awesome to have you on. Um, look, we're going to delve straight in. Mm-hmm. Just talk to me a little bit about, tell the listeners a little bit about your business journey, where it all started. Um, how, to be completely honest, I just stumbled into the next thing after the next, <laughs> and it sort of led to the point where someone's, it was quite funny, I remember looking up the office the other the other week, and it was a Friday, and just going, like, who on earth allowed me to do all this? <laughs> uh, but it was one of those moments of realisation. It was like, we're doing something really cool here. Um, I don't know really where it started off. I think I never was good at school. Um, I was like, I was half deaf um, when I was really young. So that got all sorted out when I was roughly around about year three. And then six months later, my teacher went, oh, I think you're also dyslexic. So my parents thought, oh, we fixed him. Then found out there was a whole other thing. Um, and that really brought me back and I got kicked out of multiple different schools and all kinds of different things. Um, but I think my dad showed me The Apprentice and I fell in love with the idea that you have a bit of money and then you try and make more money out of it. And it was kind of like this yeah. this, this like game or competition or whatever it was. Um, and then I found out about Dragon's Den and I remember turning around to my mom and dad going, oh, could I stay up late to watch Dragon's Den? Wow. Like that was like my, my thing. Um, so I did all kinds of different things at school with the sweet lockers and everything. But I think the real first point was um, my dad created an app that got picked up being one of the top 10 virtual reality apps to download. Wow, wow. Um, and I was helping him out with commercial bits here or there. And then we sort of looked at each other and was like, you know what, why don't we do this full time? Yeah. And that sort of escalated. We grew the team to six people, worked with some of the largest companies around the world. Um, like Royal Caribbean Cruises, Nissan, Chelsea, JD Sports, Size, um, Gillette, PG. Wow. Um, it was kind of like a Pokemon game for me to try and <laughs> yeah. see how many logos <laughs> I could get on the website. <laughs> um, and that was like uh, what we really sort of went on to. And then um, we sort of realised we hit a glass ceiling because you couldn't really get many retainers unless you did like training simulators. Yeah. Never really interested us. So uh, I wanted to bring a product to market. So I started asking all my customers what is their biggest pain point? And um, the head of innovation at TUI said matchmaking different customers up at different points of their journey. So I that's interesting. I went to somebody who was very clever, Nick, my co-founder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went, do you know anything about tracking software? And he goes, well, funny enough, I've been building something for the last six months. I'm like, perfect, we're sending that to TUI. <laughs> and then that's how it all really started and that's how we sort of come about. So it just was one after the next of just trying to do something and wow. we managed to end up here. So I, lo- I love that because I, I often ask people on the podcast where does that, that where did that entrepreneurial journey start from? Where, where in in the sense that what in sort of inspired you to do that? And I love the fact that that so with with my parents they weren't um, entrepreneurial in any way. Both really hard workers taught me really strong mm. work ethic. Worked really hard all their lives, and I've got that from them. But wasn't entrepreneurial in that sense. So I, and I always say to people, I wonder whether I got it from 
Um, I watch too much Only Falls and Horses when I was younger. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's interesting to hear you talk about um, obviously Dragon's Den and things like that, yeah. watching them, and that sort of inspired you. So you, I guess, like you said, and I, lo- I love it as well. I love talking to entrepreneurs that, like, you know, sold some things at school, like sweets and bits and pieces like that, yeah. just to nick a few quid here and there. And I think I, I, lo- I love that, and that's where it starts. You've always, I guess, as a young guy, I've just always had that. Part of an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, I think because of the the, the restrictions of school and mm. and everything, I kind of I, I remember my teacher saying Jack will be held back, and I literally I, I get goosebumps thinking about it today still. Yeah. And it was one of those points where I think I don't know if like it was my parents. I'm assuming it was, um, but there was this self awareness enough to be able to go right. If I'm going to do something, it's going to be off my own back, or otherwise I'm going to be like a a bricklayer or I'm going to be doing something with my hands and yeah. that kind of thing rather than trying to remember stuff so yeah I'm selling sweets and iPhone cases and iPod cases at school and then I realised that popcorn had huge margins <laughs> and so I bought a popcorn machine and started selling <laughs> fresh popcorn in school every day um, because it was great it was quite cost me like three or five p to bag a bag of popcorn and then I'll sell it for a pound fifty it was great <laughs> hey I, I love that I love that it's, <laughs> That's brilliant. I mean, so I mean, f- f- what 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 fascinates me actually with that sort of, especially maybe the young like a different generation to me, uh, younger dark, you know, millennials, Gen Z, and stuff like that. That, that there's a side hustle culture, mm. which you've probably you've grown up in that that era with a side hustle. So like, it's interesting that you've alluded to a couple of even things at school and stuff. But obviously coming out of school, because I know there you know nightclub managers that were and other bits and pieces on the side. But was it they're always then with them jobs that maybe paid the bills or whatever, but you always had little things on the side. Is there any other bits and pieces prior to getting to Nork that you had done? Or? Um, not really. I kind of, um, it's going to touch upon the sort of the, the nightclub stuff. It, it, I got sort of sucked into it because I was completely honest. I made a deal with my mum that if I went to college, I wouldn't go to go to uni. Right. Um, and that was like my way of getting out of yeah. an extra bit of education um, but I started going out a load at college and I really wasn't knuckling down or doing anything and then got somebody was like oh I think you should uh, help me run this night and I went why and he goes well you're just always out and you know people and I was like okay um, and that sort of escalated where I was running my own night and there was a lot of autonomy so I was still in some sort of framework but I could do a lot myself yeah. and like sorting out the DJ and sorting out bits and bobs and if we were going to have like an act or something on and that thing and it was very sort of I learned a lot of the fundamentals yeah. of sort of business there um, but no I, I, I never really had any side hustles because I went from there and then went straight into so, to the VR yeah. thing with my dad um, so I went straight into it and it's I don't know I, it's one of those things for me that the word entrepreneur I really sort of I, I cringe that people call me like a co-founder or CEO still <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't like the word entrepreneur because I feel like a lot of people do the side hustles, yeah. put it on their Instagram buy because it's like a lifestyle thing. Yeah, yeah, sure, it's sure, sure. not glamorous what I do. Like yeah. I'm in early, I leave late, I'm constantly working, there's long hours. Like I think it was a there was an adjustable period where I think my parents um, realised that I wasn't talking to them as much because I was just fully doing things yeah. and it's affected other relationships. So I think when it comes to that type of thing, you've got to sort of really look at it and go, is this something I really want to do? Yeah. And that's why I feel like side hustles is just like, I can make a bit of money yeah. and you can do yeah, it and you yeah. can dip your toe in and out a bit. Um, but I think with, with me, the thing I want to do is uh, sort of more longevity wise. Amazing, um, yeah. I think that's really interesting because I think that there's there's a little bit of a narrative that went on 
and I think it's changing a little bit the culture now. But I, there, there's a certain narrative that was out there that you know, look how hard, like you said, people posting on the internet. So look how hard I'm working until two o'clock in the morning, and I've got this side hustle and this side hustle, and like it's almost you want that validation from people. Oh, you must be successful because this is what you have to do to achieve that. And look, as we've alluded to, there's running a business you have to work a lot of hours and you do have yeah. to put your own especially when it's yours and you're passionate about it you do do that but there is that that there, there is something on the flip side to that that i think you, you people have got to look at and and go that i'm doing this because i'm passionate about it, i'm going to grow it and that that's the long little more of a longevity thing as opposed to just getting that validation from other people on the on oh 100 i think there's it's kind of this amalgamation of content in the sense of like i think there's always been that element of um, quick money, easy money, and be able to do it. And I think that is glamorized on social media a lot more. And then people have sort of gone into it and gone like, how do I make passive income? And how do I do this? And how do I do that? And how do I have freedom? And, and, and it's kind of like this, I think it's just amalgamation all different areas into one. And it's got this new like good genre in itself. Um, but I think for, for me, I, I like to think of myself as more of a, like a businessman. Like, yeah. I'm doing this to try and create a company that we're gonna be in five years time, have a hundred million annual recurring revenue. Like it's what we really are trying to do yeah. is trying to have some really big goals and ambitions. Um, and that's what drives me and that's what excites me and that's what I wanna be doing on a continuous basis and try and see if I can push myself to that point. Um, not just trying to make some quick money here yeah. or there, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's very glamorous, um, glamorized through social media. Um, yeah, and it's it's a bit it's a bit sad because I think like I was chatting to one of my mates recently about this where he was thinking of doing a side hustle and I was like look just do it for free because he was gonna set up like a little marketing agency. I was like do it for free for a couple of people and find out if you actually like it yeah, before you actually do it. Yeah. Um, turns out he didn't because he got a really nice corporate job in London and he's yeah. making some good money yeah. and he gets to go out and race his dad's uh, kit car thing yeah. at the weekend when he can and he still goes to his mates and. All that kind of thing, and it just suits him better. Yeah, um, I think it also is a lot more of a lifestyle thing. That's really good advice, you know. I think that because it is, I think it is glamorized a lot, and and people don't necessarily realize the sacrifice. Like, I'm interested to hear, like, like you say, even just with the hours and stuff, but the sacrifices you make, maybe not going out with your mates as much as what you used to, and and that's what it is running your own business, like you said, especially when you're trying to build something from like you guys have done from from the ground up, and yeah build it with, with some longevity there and I think that's really good work. I, 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 I look at that and and see some other people out there who do like you said oh, I've got this card up people say to me sometimes like oh, I look like you have a great life and you're out networking but it's not it's work like you're still out doing yeah. things and like you don't want to be there well like, oh, I am at eight o'clock at night and doing what I do or, or in that sort of sense it's, it's 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 the narrative that sometimes people look at and see from the outside and it's not always like but and people sometimes you, you look at it i don't think as a business person or entrepreneur whatever people label it as now i don't think it's necessarily that you um you you want to go and get a job and do that i don't think i, I would I, I, a lot of people i spoke to on the podcast have said about potentially all of us as, as business people are actually unemployable <laughs> but you go you look at it and you see other people have got them lives and that's fine and that, that does suit people because this life isn't actually for everyone is it but it's if you find something that you're passionate about as you have done find something that you believe in then you, you can make it work oh 100 percent. I, th I think that's it's it's that judgment call that you have to make and i i think i made that judgment call when i was younger where it was like i'm more than happy to 
put the hours in and sacrifice those little bits, but just for the fact I'm knowing that I'm creating something that, like I truly believe that what we're doing could generate the next technology revolution and we'll be the backbone behind it. So like the autonomy of agriculture. So you wouldn't have a farmer in a tractor going down those tram lines, like it will be all autonomous. Uh, autonomous construction and automating uh, those sites. You've got drone deliveries, smart cities, smart buildings, and changing wow. the dynamic of things. And these are all being hindered or blocked because of not having good enough GNSS accuracy or precision. Um, and that's where I think we come in and, and sort of allow them to have that location intelligence to really sort of take it to the next level. Um, and that's what really excites me. And I generally believe that we can do some really cool things and be optimistic about the future of innovation and the good of innovation. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm willing to sacrifice watching Netflix <laughs> or, or, or whatever's on TV or whatever's going on. Um, so to be able to do that, and I think that's what really, there's sort of a purpose behind what we're doing. And I think everyone knows that in the room, um, that what we're trying to strive for is something that will change how people see the world, but might, might not even know that naught's within it, yeah. um, but will be on people's phones and other devices. Um, that really sort of gets us all up and sort of really pushing the boat forward. And I guess like from, going from the stuff you have to, to where you are, are, are now, what strikes me and, and, and reading a little bit about and watching obviously your docu-series and stuff like that is that it's a purpose-driven company. I think that's the that's the key. Like you, you talk to a lot of people, maybe of my generation, and, and maybe some driven by money, driven by. And whereas it is so much more. Well, when you realise that if you are chasing money, things are not that you're not going to get there. That's yeah. a difficult thing to do. When you're doing something that's purpose-based. That's where the that, that's where the winner is. Money will come and will be a byproduct of that. But you're creating something with real purpose there, which is yeah. Somebody asked me last night. I was at um, the White Sussex uh, meetup, yeah, yeah, and sure. somebody asked me, "So what's the what's the end plan?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, what's the what's the what's the end? Like, what was what are you gonna do? Are you gonna IPO? Are you gonna sell?" And I was like, "I, I, I don't know. I thought about it. Like, yeah, yeah. my goal is to try and get to that hundred million as quickly as possible, and that's always will be it. And uh, where we're sort of going with it, but it's it's I've never really thought about." Right, how, how much does this mean for me? And da 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 da. Um, and I think they'll also do a disservice with the people that rely on, like me and Nick, to make the correct decisions. Who's joined the company and the investors and everything? If we we are going to be making those um, ignorant decisions, where we could be making sort of more longevity decisions, where we can really take the business somewhere completely different. Um, and I don't want to be doing a disservice to any of them who's yeah. sort of relied and trusted on us and where we would like to take things. Yeah. Amazing. It seems very, I want to delve quickly just into then that you talk about the journey. You've got this, so you've got this figure, well, I guess, in mind where you want to get the get the company to, in, mm -hmm. in a sense, you're saying, I want to get 100 million in, in five years. Do you, do you uh, I guess, and one of the things I will delve into this a little bit later with the docu series, because I think it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I, I love the idea of that. Um, but, like, that, because the, the journey, I've, I've often said to people, like, I'll get there, I'll get there one day. And I was like, know where the fuck I was trying to actually get to yeah. do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. so there's a part of me going like what, what, what is there it's not about that it's more about that journey and so from here to like you say maybe a hundred million but have you got an idea in your head like I'm, I'm going to enjoy this journey it's going to be tough of course there's going to be ups and downs in any business but just making sure that you enjoy that journey and not that that because I believe in goals don't get me wrong but I do believe that being present in the, right here and now I think I think that's something that I took from from the last venture mm. to to this one. Um, 
it was very much just pure head down yeah. going through grinding it just was not in, like, and, and looking back on it like we managed to create without really a market um, a little name for ourselves working mm -hmm. we'll help Google build the SDK for the Google Cardboard and doing some really wow. cool things like that wow. um, and I never really sort of took back and realised and I think now one of the things why we're doing the docuseries is not only to just document the journey with just when it started with just me and Nick all the way through to where we are now and, and beyond is the ability that we can retrospectively look back. Um, I'm even thinking of trying to maybe do it maybe daily. So that means that I actually have something that I can see like how do I improve myself each and every day and, and yeah. see where we can do it. But that's like a wacky thought that I'm not too sure if we'll do or not. Um, <laughs> I love that though because I love I love that because it comes across as really real and authentic and I think that's that 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 message is so key. One of the things I wanted to do the podcast, I just I love as I said alluded to before, I love a, I love a chat. So but I just I love finding out about people's journeys and and just ask or I ask everyone I ask speak to about coming on just be open again mm. and I think that's what from the docu series that I've sort of watched of yours I do I really get that sort of feeling that it's just look this is a, I don't know if you've read that there's a there's another podcast I listen to called Diary of a CEO, which is Stephen Barton, mm -hmm. a fascinating guy. And I, but I like it. It's almost like the idea that like diarising that you, your journey, which is yeah. is, is amazing because people almost buy into you and buy into the company and get on the journey with you, sort of thing. Yeah, like to to before going into sort of the, a couple of the reasons, just give you some metrics behind the docu series. Like we had 500 people apply to work for Nort so far. We've had ten VCs reach out to us because of the docu series. So just on like an ROI for us to film each week and upload it, we've done it for six months. Um, we're seeing huge amounts of value out wow. of it. Um, just just on if someone just looking at ROI sake. But the other reasons behind why I'm in why I'm doing it, um, not only for us to look back and sort of be able to have a bit of that presence mm. and actually seeing where we're going, how we're sort of progressing, mm. um, but I also kind of want it to be like that Dragon's Den thing or an apprentice for that person who's 18, maybe coming out of college, not too sure what to do, to be able to watch and see. Um, but I also want to make it really authentic that any of the stakeholders looking to get involved in NORP get to see actually the ins and outs of what it's actually like being at NORP. Yeah. And I don't want to put a character on or, or something because then it's going to be quite obvious that when you get into it or you see it or you get involved, it's not that. It's not that. Um, so really want to make it completely transparent and clear. Um, and going off after that um, thing we spoke about earlier about social media mm. and what is actually the truth and, and showing it, I want to show as much as possible the good, the bad, the ugly, so somebody can make the educated decision of going, you know what, actually, I do fancy trying to do a bit of that. Or, or actually, my, my corporate job in London actually is quite nice and I just watch and get the entertainment out of it. Um, and also allow them to make their, their own sort of decisions out of it. Um, but also it, it, like, to buy in from different stakeholders, like people wanting to work for Nor, the, the VCs buying into the story and the narrative that we're, we're, we're sort of portraying at the moment and believing in us um, is a great way. And also to be able to be in front of people's mind and have that mind share on a continuous basis that we are still, we're still here. We're, at the end of the day, we're a startup. We really don't have a marketing budget or anything. So yeah, yeah. having the ability where people constantly are reminded that we are still a thing allows us to then make those quick connections and everything else as well. That's incredible. Um, you, you, you talked about that. I'm going to just jump on now to you mentioned about obviously um, sort of VC and, and funding and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I know obviously in March um, this year you, you received your first 
yeah. kind of investment. Talk, talk me a little bit about that process and about, about that. So, <laughs> so to, to give you a bit of uh, backstory, so going all the way back to um, just before the pandemic, I was out in Dubai um, working with the Tisalat. We got a reseller partnership with the Tisalat. Um, the largest telecoms company in the Middle East and North North America, uh, North Africa, um, as well as we're working with uh, Dubai's transport department, the, the RTA, um, and they were like some of our first type of customers. Um, and then the pandemic happened. We came back. I came back to the UK. The skin of my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally did the. the <laughs> it was quite entertaining. Somebody came up to me. Was just like, "You're not an RTA, are you?" And I was like, "No." He was like, "You need to get out of the country." Because we worked in like the equipment on Ten Downing Street. Wow, 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 wow. Um, and he was like, "You need to get out of the country." And I was like, "How long do I have?" And you're like, "You need to go sh like sharpish." I was like, "I have a board pitch to the Dubai's RTA. Can I do that and then go?" And he was like. Don't go any don't, like don't be any later. Yeah. Uh, so did the pitch, went home, grab a bag, go on, went, went, went <laughs> back home, and literally the border shut like twelve hours, twenty four hours or something out later, wow. and wow. I would have literally been stuck in foreign country, <laughs> couldn't do anything. Um, but when we got back, we sort of sort of took count of where we were at, what's going on, and what we wanted to do, and it sort of came to light that we we had to pivot the business because the business wasn't correct. Uh, we were like an agency still, where we were trying to build like apps for people. Yeah like alpha beta full yeah. rollout but the problem was as a, as a, me trying to sell we realized there was friction there because they already had their tax their tech stack or their infrastructure in place yeah. so then we were thinking of ways how can we improve that so we spent some time looking at the drawing board how we would recreate our business model mm -hmm. that's when we came up with the SaaS platform and the api based where you just simply want to code plug it in and then straight away out the, out the box you get that track and improvement where you wouldn't need to actually add any extra hardware or any extra other elements to it, yeah. trying to make it as easy and seamless as possible, yeah, sure, as yeah. possible. Um, and once we got that idea really firmed out, um, we're coming up into sort of summer now and start fleshing out what we needed to do. We're like, right, let's fundraise. Yeah. And me and Nick sat with each other. It was like, right, how much do we raise? Like, we, we've never done this before. I, I didn't. Finger in the I didn't know anyone who's <laughs> fundraised even before that yeah. point or anything. So. Um, we, we literally was like, I think I remember, it's so embarrassing looking back, we're like, right, how much do we raise? And Nick went 10 million. I went, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> like, there, was, there was no, <laughs> there was no like, good understanding of what was actually achievable and what was yeah, it. Yeah. So then I realized very quickly after speaking to a couple of people that we were so like uh, head over heels and actually knew what we needed to do. Um, so I spent three months literally just learning, um, learning the process, learning um, what happens in, Angel pre-seed, seed, Series A, all the way through to, yeah. to exit. So I actually understood also the mindset of what investors in different points, what would they be looking wow. to get out to? So there's a really good book called The Venture Book. Okay. Um, I think it's their number four one is amazing. And it wow. talks about the mindset of different people and where they're joining wow. and what okay. they're trying to get out of it. Yeah. Even the lawyers and everything. It's great to be able to unpick everything. Yeah. Um, and so we were coming up to sort of um, September time, um, no, sorry, just before September, I started booking in, like, I knew for a fact, VCs that weren't good matches, yeah. but I managed to get the first call, and what I did was I just pitched, and went, what was your feedback? Wow. And then whatever they said, I literally changed it, and then an hour or 30 minutes later, I had another VC call, and then I did the new wow. pitch, and then I just constantly did that for like a month or so, so I literally had a very slick pitch, very slick to everything, it was like, right, okay, now let's go up to the investors that we actually want to speak to. That's so then we started having investors that all started going well. Unfortunately, they, they pulled out in the last minute, um, managed to find some new ones, after which um, that took like two months to convert. So we get to close the deal in, in February. 
yeah. uh, but we announced it in March because uh, there was a couple other bits and bobs we needed to, to polish up on. Yeah. Um, and then we oversubscribed by 145%. Um, wow. So we raised half a million, so it's more money than what we were looking for. Wow. Uh, we managed to grow the team. There's um, eight of us in the office day, day in, day out. There's 11 of us in total. Um, so we are still sort of pushing, moving forward, but it was a, a really interesting journey to be on. Yeah. Um, they say it's a full-time job, it's a full-time job. There, yeah. was no, there was no other things that I could do. It was literally on the phone, networking. The investors that invested, there were four connection points. Um, really? Yeah, so it, it was nowhere near somebody who I first encountered, but yeah. you basically just had to network, speak to everyone. I was speaking wow. to recruiters, to accountants, to anything and everything, uh, to see if we could. So you almost like you say that it's strange, isn't it? Because like you said, you, from the outside, look at how you're running a company, you're doing that, but you're going after funding. Like you said, it is. You've got. A, you obviously jumped in two foot. I've got. A, I've got completely embraced this and and you know engulfed myself in it yeah. completely to to get to where you you needed to get to. And I get. Because I, I, I think the video, I watched the video obviously when you announced it, which is great, you're walking through the boat, and it was just pretty, brilliant to watch. And just saying, you could just see the, the, the buzz around like, from yourself, and it must have been like a great thing. Like you said, you, you've got this idea, and sometimes so many businesses in that first year won't will fail because they haven't got the right money, and it could be a kernel or a great idea, but can't get to that next stage, and it must be like a well, we can really kick on now. Is that how you sort of feel at the, at the time you get the funding? Well, we can really kick on now. I know we've got this. Or... It, was, it was quite entertaining. Like my mum and dad bought me like a bottle of champagne uh, <laughs> to say congratulations, and I was literally just like, "Thank you so much." But I've got like the, the list of things just tripled, do, like ten yeah. x, like what I need to do task wise, and I, and I didn't really take like account until months on. Yeah, on end yeah. later, looking back on it, it was like, wow, what we've managed to, to do so far, and that, that was really weird. But no, I really didn't have a chance to. So now I've, I've still got that, that bottle, and I think I'm going to open it if we, I don't know, something um, good happens something in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worked out what yet, but uh, we're saving it for something. Cool. Well, mate, it's, 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 it's brilliant, obviously, to, to find out a, a bit more about Norton. Obviously, I'm based here now as well, Plus X, and it's been great to sort of, and like I said, I, I, that, the first video I saw was that one of the, you announcing the, the thing, I was like, oh, this is really cool, and then sort of, sort of followed a little bit of your journey and started to watch the docuseries, and it, it's like, like we saw, I know we've, we, we've, we've touched on the docuseries already, which is which is really interesting, like, but I do, I find that, that because the main thing with the podcast is I want to get across the, the, the journey. And I think I love the way that the docu-series and, and just talking to you and listening to you on other podcasts as well is about how completely transparent, this is what we are, this is what we're doing and this is is where we are. I'm, I'm keen to know a little bit about mm -hmm. Nick as well. So like we've, so he, he's your, he's a CTO, is that right? He's the brains. He's like, like, <laughs> he's, he, it, it used to be, um, there was a, a bulletin board thing where you can like, find out about accelerators and all kinds of different funding opportunities and that kind of thing. And my bio used to be on it, it used to be, I sell whatever my co-founder makes. And that literally was, it, we, we could not be any more yin and yang, but it's the perfect team. Um, to give you a bit of backstory on Nick, he got hired in his second year of uni to teach the subject he was in. Um, so when he graduated, he had a seat on stage as well as the audience. So he wore the, <laughs> the I think it was the staff gown and the, I don't know what you call it, the hat, the yeah, student yeah, hat yeah, thing. Yeah. Never, never applied to you. Yeah, so no, I don't no. know what it's <laughs> called. Um, so um, he worked with, did a multiple award first in the academic arena, went to conferences, published white papers, the lot. Wow. Fell out in love with the politics of it. Um, and that's when um, 
because I kind of knew him before then. Um, that's you when we were friends before, or you just we met at a couple of like uh, meetups and tech meetups and other bits and bobs, and um, I'm pretty sure we, he had some tech questions once, and we've had some tech questions. And it was just one of those yeah. like good connections to have. Yeah, sure. Um, and then when he was a freelancer, we had a couple of like really technical projects on that he helped on, yeah. and that's where eventually. Because he was like, I'm going to be a freelancer forever, and I, I managed to convince him, like, oh, look at this really amazing cool thing we can build, <laughs> and this this thing, I managed to convince him to to really sort of take the plunge with us and, yeah. and sort of move things forward. But no, he's he's the brains behind the technology. I wrap it up and sell it and make sure that we have got money coming into the business. Brilliant, brilliant. But like you say, for for any great business, you need because sometimes people, especially solopreneurs, they go out and they. You need to do everything, but especially when it comes to the tech side of it, like you know, I'm I'm a bit of a technophobe, so you know I'm never going to be able to do something like. But you get people around you, or whether they co-founders or supporting you in that sense that they can do that because ultimately, and this was something really interesting that I spoke about on the pre on one of the previous podcasts with someone about as a as a, as a business owner. Ultimately, you've got to have someone in that business that sells. Yeah. Because whatever it is, a product, a service, whatever, there's got to be an element of sales that you have to go out and sell. So in another lifetime, it seems, I used to run a hair salon. Not that you'd obviously believe it now, but <laughs> that was part of my, that's what brought me to, to Brighton initially. And I was like, but I never cut hair, it was purely a business thing. Mm. So I was out there networking, selling other people. So, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so it's just, and then whatever business I've run over the last decade or whatever, it's all been a practice sort of related back to the, Ultimately, I'm a salesperson, and I guess that's yeah. the and, and no matter I think, and especially when it comes to I'm trying to get my head around, but to come to a tech startup, I guess is that ultimately you've got to have the best of both of them. You've got to have someone who knows the, the, the tech side of it, but then you've got to have someone because without one, you can't have the other. Oh, 100 percent. And I think that's I think that's what why we did so well at the yeah. beginning in building the foundations, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we had this third element of a team, and that was a whole different kettle of fish because yeah. like there's there's the Hannah, luckily, has come on and sort of has been taking over like the scrum meetings and the, um, taking over the like, being the owner of the product and and doing some of the operations and she's been great because like me and Nick, because we worked together for so long, like we can just sort of get a gauge on what each other are talking about without really saying anything or just making a noise yeah. or like hand gestures. Both Italian <laughs> families. Um, <laughs> um, where we kind of get a really good understanding and then we've got this third element of a team and we're like, and Hannah fits in perfectly with that. She yeah. works really well. Um, and I think it's one of the things that, um, it, it was really weird because as soon as we got the investment, I did everything about saying how important and, and, and good we are, but then all of a sudden I had to rewind and try and get me out of being important, if that makes sense, as a yeah, job role. Yeah. I had to undo my job role. Yeah, so that means yeah. that I could have a sales team come in and it's modular that we can scale. Yeah. We have a marketing department that would be able to do the same as well as a development team. So we had to kind of, we spent all this time focusing on like getting the money and getting the business sorted, yeah. and then all of a sudden we had to unravel our job role to make it scalable. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And that was a really weird, flip on its head yeah, all of a sudden yeah. um but you've got to have the right people involved yeah, yeah. and i think that's one of the biggest things that luckily one of our investors sold for, uh, his company hundreds of millions um who's just now got a bit more free time on his hands so yeah. i've managed to convince him to come on not day in day out but a lot more involved with us because he's got the experience of taking it from two to 250 yeah. nine offices around the world wow. um so it's really having that, that that team around to make sure that we are doing the correct things and moving yeah. in, in the right direction. Otherwise, there's, there's, there's no point doing it, really. Yeah. 
So that's interesting. Talk to me then, before we sort of come up to the last couple of questions, mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about team, managing a team. One of the things I really talk, I love to talk about is culture in a company. Mm -hmm. what, what type of culture are you, are you, have you created? Are you trying to create what, what within, because like you said, I think what's, what's brilliant and from the outside looking in is for again I, I, I keep referring back to the docuseries just because it's so transparent it's great to, to watch and like you said what, what I find really interesting is that you've had 500 people want to come in and join so what I, I feel and you, you correct me but I feel that you'll create you've created this culture where people want to come and work for you or want to come and work within within or and like mm -hmm. to talk to me a little bit about what you have created have you got is that part of your mindset of the culture and stuff in within the business yeah, we, we wanted to create somewhere where people, like I remember I, I did some, I worked at River Island when I was at college for like a year and a half and I hated every moment of it. Like I like, hate that, I could, like the, the passion of the hate of it was untrue. Like I remember like I used to look at the clock and go like, and then go, all right, it's only one thirty. Okay, so I've got three hours and 45 minutes. Okay, okay. And then um, and then I'll look at the clock and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's only been five minutes. Like for me, like, if someone's looking at a clock, it's detrimental. Like that for me is like failed at culture, failed at the team, yeah, failed, yeah. failed at everything. And I wanted to create something where people wanted to come and take ownership of the work and be excited about where we're taking that work yeah. and all coming together with it, but still have that joyful, playful side where like, for example, if they wanted to stay late, they could stay late and they could start, I don't know, play FIFA or, or do something. Yeah. It's, it's an environment where they don't feel like they have to just turn up, show up and then disappear. Yeah. It's somewhere they can really sort of come together with mm. um, and also work with some really clever people and some really um, innovative technology. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to be able to have something where it also allowed people to come in and grow. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most important thing that we're building a people strategy plan where we can try and grow the team internally as much as possible. It's, it's kind of weird that I kind of want to create a team that to the point where they are trying to get poached on a daily basis. That's the goal, because yeah. if it is, it means there's no reason why, like it, it, I, I feel like that should be the goal for every company because yeah. if that's then the case, all you're doing is building the talent that you want to retain anyway. Yeah, so you don't need to go out and, and constantly try and do, because there's also going to be growing and there's going to be hiring in, but yeah. if you can grow that talent. So we try and do loads of different things internally about like, um, if the guys want to learn Rust or want to learn some things about AWS or, or like for example, Hannah came in as a customer success manager. She's basically, now is like a scrum master, does all the operations, does all the, the product management, wow. does all these other bits of bobs and we got her courses and other things to be able to learn it. She's been absolutely smashing it. Um, wow. So we, we really try and have that growth mindset. We, we, we really do want to eventually, the, the, the goal is eventually is to try and bring in like a, uh, like a PT as well. So everything's like high performance, so high yeah. performance technology, high performance team, high yeah. performance everything. So a PT, a nutritionist, a men mental health um, therapist or, or all that kind of stuff to be able to really make sure that we're doing the maximum amount for the team to wow. be that high high performance and it goes along with the technology and everything else as the messaging goes. But I think if you look after them and have full trust in the team, yeah. that you get the trust back. Um, and I think I learned that very much growing up in team sports and especially rugby. Yeah. You've got to rely on that guy to make tackle or yeah, yeah, mark yeah. his man or whatever it is, and you, you have that camaraderie and you have that ability. Yeah. So I wanted to bring that, not mentality, well, mentality, but not so aggressive in rugby, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Sure, but sure, like, sure. But, but that, team that sport in general, yeah. you're right, you've got to rely on that person. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think that's where we, we, we're really trying to, to build that forward. And we, we try and do nice little things, like we got a film camera recently yeah. and taken a load of photos of us. And there's, there's some really funny ones of like, I won't name names of people underneath desks going, why is it not working? <laughs> or like uh, us drinking on a Friday afternoon, or uh, sorry, should say Friday evening, um, uh, with bottles of wine and kind of different things. And it, and it sort of really brings the team together and, and that kind of stuff. And, and we, we try to do things not for the sake of doing them, but yeah. something that we want to do. Yeah. And I think it's got to happen organically, but you sort of set the tone, set the, the role model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're coming in and you're, you're disappointed about whatever, you gotta leave that shit at the door. Yeah, like you yeah. have to be the emotional rock that you're optimistic, happy, bubbly, you always have to be like that. Yeah. And then it sort of brings those people to it and it happens organically. I don't think you can go, these are the set rules that we're doing. Yeah, you can come up with strategy plans to help improve people. Yeah. I think as culturally goes, like with, when you're out with your mates, do you have a set rules of how to conduct no, your friends? No, 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 no. no, so why would you try and replicate it in a, in a different environment? It's a great analogy, not for all of it like that. That's, that's a great way. That's a great way of looking at it because you do, like you said, you, you, what great place to be able to create where, like, you go out with your mates and have a drink and have a have a laugh, and obviously work's got to be done. But if you can create an environment where they have fun and do, I think that the the key from like listening to you talking about and the, and the vision you obviously got for it is is creating that place where people want to, but they've got the ability to grow. You've obviously got a growth mindset. That's where you why you started a business, where you want to go with it, you've got a plan, so you've got that vision. So you're, it seems to me like you're obviously bringing people in that have got that similar growth mind. You want to grow, you can, you've got the ability to grow as much as you want within our company, whatever that looks like. Mm. Get more involved in the tech side, whether it's get more involved in that sales or whatever it may be, you can come, you've got the option to be able to do that. Which is uh, that's really inspiring. I think quite visionary. For, I think what, like you said, why are more companies not like that. I think, uh, like you look, I've worked at places, you know, in the past, and I think you look at other companies out, and I think, like, how do they, like, <laughs> their staff retention is yeah. terrible, like, constantly, you know, losing staff and stuff like that because you're creating something where people don't potentially want to be. Um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm quite um, fortunate in the sense because I've never been in a corporate job mm. or never experienced what that is. Yeah. I don't have a, like, a North Star. I'm yeah, sort of going, sure. like, what do I think is true um, and what I think is best and and sort of going through that and also get, don't get me wrong, like I get like, advice and I talk to as many people as I can yeah. um, and that, that's what I did on a continuous basis when I was fundraising, I was trying to talk to as many people as I can, trying to get a load of point of views and sort of coming up with my conclusion with off my own gut yeah, yeah. Um, and that's been really helpful for, for going forward but I, I think that's what's allowed me to sort of try and separate it from corporate, yeah, if you sure, will, sure, sure, sure. to what we're trying to do. Amazing. So what, one thing I just wanted to touch on while mm -hmm. you, as you was talking there, was that you were saying about, you know, as most business owners do, we have to we have to almost leave some shit at the door and you go, mm -hmm. okay, you've got to be the one that you yeah. know, inspires people, that is enthusiastic. But how do you, when you do have a bad day, when you are struggling mentally yourself, what, who do you, where do you go, who do you speak to, what do you, how do you cope with that yourself? Um, I think it, I think I draw back from my like playing in sport. Like I remember when you you're playing away, for example, you're on the bus, yeah. you've got you got your mates with you, and you're all sitting there, you got your headphones in, and you, you're going through your little warm up thing in your head of like what you're going to be doing that day, how you're going to be doing it, and you're, you're sort of prepping yourself, and you go through a routine and, and a, a process, and then when you're in the change room, you do certain things that some people are superstitious to, to carry and yeah, do in yeah, their yeah, routine, yeah, sure, but. Sure, sure. 
I, I try and do that every morning where I kind of get my head straight and I kind of prepare myself for like, this is where we're going to go in. We're going to go into the, we're, we're, I've got to leave whatever's been going on at the door. Yeah. I've, I've got to, and I try and do that when I walk into work and, right. and try and get myself in the, in, in the correct mindset yeah. before going in because everything stops at me uh, or, or Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if we're in a, a funky mood or, or we're not doing it, it sort of transpires and yeah, it sort yeah. of allows those boundaries, if you will. Yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's, it's not boundaries in the sense of it's been written down, but like no, social yeah. boundaries and you kind of got to do it that way. So I kind of try and get in a routine, a ritual in the morning yeah, to nice. try and make sure that I can do it. Um, but that's the only way I can sort of describe yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what it's quite... close to. Okay, cool. Mate, look, it's been fascinating. So we're coming towards the end. I just want to know, so before we go into the quick fire questions, just mm -hmm. what, what does the future hold for Jack and Norton's? Um I think for us, I think for the future, where we want to go, I think we want to get to the point where every software developer, if they've got a tracking use case, they'll be like, oh, we'll just throw Norton into it. We'll just Nort it. We want to get to the point where Nort becomes a verb. That's our goal. So we want to get, it, we, it, we, it's like Google it with web services. We yeah. just want to track in, oh, we'll just naught it. That's, that's where we want to get to. Um, and that's our, that, that's my North Star. So as quickly as possible, we can get to that. That'd be great. <laughs> Mate, I love that. I'm going to naught it. Yeah. I'm going to use that. That's brilliant. Well, um, right, so let's go. We'll always finish off a couple of quick questions. Mm -hmm. So um, first one, what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur, someone wanting to start their own business? Um, do it. Just do it. There, there's if you're really considering it, just start. Yeah. Like there's no way of doing it. There, there's never a right time or a wrong time or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you just gotta go in and, and start executing. You don't have to be optimal right from the beginning, and don't expect that you know everything, and don't expect things to go smoothly. Because trust me, they really <laughs> fucking don't. <laughs> like as much as I, I make it sound like things are all happy rainbows and things, like I get punched in the face on a daily basis of things messing up, or things need to be tweaked, or things need to get sorted out, or I need this for this client, or I need to sort this and that. You just need to start. It's never gonna be smooth. It's never gonna be easy. Um, and you just gotta. Just, start learning as much as possible and you can do it on a very small basis and try and gradually build it up but you just got to start love that love that right and final one um can you give me three traits that you think a good uh, business person needs to be an entrepreneur or a good business person um i think they need to have self-belief they need to believe in themselves like I, I even get to the point of like, what the hell am I doing here? Like who the fuck is giving me permission to do all this? But you've got to have that ultimate self-belief that if something bad happens, that you can then just execute it against it and you can you can do the best and you, you, you're you the person to be able to, to yeah. fix it and do it. Um, and I think that leads on to my second point is you need to be extremely level-headed. Yeah. So the good, the bad, whatever it may be, if you're at a cont continuous like level-headed mindset, mm -hmm. Trust me, when it's good, it is good, but when it's bad, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. But if you can follow that continuous mindset of just like, that's what's gonna happen, it's gonna happen day in, day out, or whatever, we'll just carry on moving forward and keep progressing, mm -hmm. you you won't be shaken, and it won't shake the other people around you. Even yeah. if it is something bad that's happened, you but it's fine, we, we'll sort it out, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with an action plan. I think you need to have, be extremely level-headed, and I think you've just gotta always learn. You can never, um, think that you know everything.
because you there's no way you do and you always got to be continuous learning because i've got to know like a little bit about marketing a little bit about sales a little bit about hiring a little bit about management a little bit about operations a little bit about this a little bit about that <laughs> so i can put that into a plan for looking for the future yeah. and what does that look like and how can we execute it and what's realistic and and that yeah. type of stuff so I think you always got to have a, a growth mindset and learn as much as possible. Yeah. So I think those three things are the, the, the real key ones um, awesome. that I would say that you probably would need. Mate, you know what? What an absolute privilege to have you on. It's been great change, a great story. And look, what you've achieved in such a short space of time is, is phenomenal. And look, I, I wish you obviously continued growth and success. And, and look, can't wait to get you on in a few years when you've got to that 100 million and we're having that chat and what, what's next after that. So listen, real real pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for your time and, and your openness and honesty. And keep going, the docu-series is great, I love it. So keep, keep cracking all that, can't, can't wait to watch the next one. Thank you so much, thank you so much for having me on and uh, I, I look forward to jumping on the next time. Right, let's top man.